Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Very advanced local world music training. This is Saturday morning, October the 16th at 11 a.m. Thank you for joining me this morning. gentlemen. How are you doing out there? I hope everybody is doing fine. I'm doing fine. Um, I got to apologize about this morning. Um, uh, Supposed to start a show at 9am. Little tech problem. But anyways, hopefully it uh, I fixed it and ironed itself out. I don't know. Hopefully we don't have any um, disruptions. Um, during the show. So, anyways, yeah, it was, uh, I guess, quite a week. You know, late afternoon, too. Um, a lot of showers uh, moving through the area. Um, gusts of wind. Um, so, yeah, lots of rain uh, coming down. And uh, today it's kind of on and off. I see some showers here and there um, throughout the day here and the weekend. So, and of course, it's always nice to get to the weekend. You know, even though that this was a a short work week um, for so many of us here across Canada because of the long weekend last weekend being Thanksgiving, it kind of seemed that the week kind of just dragged. You know, Friday wasn't getting here fast enough. So, anyways, um, yeah, so during the week here, the, um, the Ontario government, um, is talking about new t- new details on the province's, um, reopening plan. Now, back in August, September, I guess it was, um, they were talking about the QR codes, um, mandating um, vaccines um, for indoor public events, even restaurants, gyms, movie theaters, and so on. Um, You know, where the uh, premier was dragging his feet um, he didn't want to have, um, you know, I guess you call it uh, two side, two sided population. Um, as other provinces started rolling out their mandates on vaccines and mandatory uh, for for indoor spaces and sporting events, 
um, I guess Premier soon realized that, you know, that's the kind, that's the ship that he's going to have to sail. And that's what he has done. But now he's talking about, um, of course, re, uh, more reopenings. And um, earlier in the week, or just like last weekend, I guess it would be too, that announcing that um, large sporting events, concert events um, can open to full capacity to vaccinated individuals. And then, of course, you know, we have um, the restaurants and we have the gyms who um, are only able to open at about 50% capacity with fully vaccinated individuals. Now, I think part of his plan coming next week sometime, he's he's going to be announcing that... um, he probably is going to lift the restrictions on the restaurants. They've implemented this QR code system, which uh, was launched yesterday. Well, good morning or good afternoon or good evening to you entering the uh, Truckers Podcast. Um, Thank you for joining me. I was originally uh, supposed to be out here at... 9 a.m., but then, you know, experiencing a little tech issues, and hopefully I got that all ironed out, and the show goes on without any problems, so hopefully, you know, like the sound doesn't cut out on me again, so I don't want that to, uh, to take place. So here in Ontario, as um, things keep progressing, you know, in the right direction, um, with the QR code system being launched yesterday that uh, people who are fully vaccinated can download that QR code, businesses, restaurants, whatever the case may be, um, can download their version. And of course, when, you know, we're talking about, you know, lifting uh, more restrictions, you know, being that, you know, they already have um, now allowing um, full capacity at um, movie theaters, sporting events, and the uh, restaurant and and gym sectors um, still, you know, sitting at 50%. Um, capacity for fully vaccinated um, individuals. Now, talking about, you know, moving out of this, you know, stage three reopening um, to relax more um, restrictions. Um, You know, at the time, that here in Ontario, um, our numbers have been quite low for a considerable amount of time. But we also have that in uh, the uptick in um, school outbreaks. 
and more so that you know we have we actually have more school outbreaks than we have in, in the entire province. But restaurants and gyms, you know, when the government announces that, okay, hey, you know what, we're going to go full capacity in sporting events and, and concerts and movie theaters. And we're going to leave the restaurants and, and, and uh, the gyms at 50% capacity. And, um, you know, throughout the, the this pandemic and, and throughout the, the closures of, of non-essential businesses, and of course, you know, the restaurant sector, um, you know, gyms, you know, just, you know, the, the smaller uh, venues um, really taking a brunt um, of these closures. And, you know, cause, you know, I look at it, I look at it this way. I look at it, the fact that, you know, when you're a big corporation, um, or you're the big wheel, you, you own um, a, a hockey team or a football team. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, you have the money to afford that. And obviously, you have the money to stay afloat. Your players have already been paid. It's not like they're looking for a paycheck. And besides, athletes, you know, make millions of dollars. Right. Even if we didn't have fans in the stands, you know, like for like last year, um, uh, throughout the, the remaining part of, of the hockey season in the playoffs here across Canada, no fans in the stands. It's not like the owners of these hockey teams were, were crying because they're financially struggling. That's not the case when it comes to big corporations, big sports. What it comes down to is these small business owners, restaurant owners, and not just restaurant owners, but any other non-essential uh, businesses out there that people own. Like look at over the pandemic. I mean, the big WalMarts and the Costco's got the prosper financially throughout the pandemic because they didn't they could sell anything they wanted. Costco sells groceries. Walmart sells groceries, so they could remain open. And the little guys out there hurting and calling on the government to have like the Walmarts and the Costco's stop selling non-essential items. And finally, and eventually, that's what the government did. But a little too, but a little too late for that when the Walmarts and the Costco's already made large prof, uh, profits. So the restaurants and gyms still sitting at 50% capacity uh, to fully vaccinated people. And then you have just recently all the sporting uh, events and, and live concerts uh, to be allowed to go full capacity for fully and fully, and you have to be fully vaccinated if you want to attend these events, which is all in good, but then still leaving the little guy out on the limb and, you know, saying, oh, you know, next week we're going to come out with, um, you know, uh, more announcements, um, you know, moving out of the stage three reopening. And and then he's, he's, he's like saying, you know, you know, the framework uh, 
uh, began months ago. The government, you know, I don't care what Premier Doug Ford says here in Ontario. I mean, you know, he he wasn't working on anything months ago in some sort of framework, you know, because if he had to have been, you know, I mean, this was abruptly announced that all sporting events and, and concerts um, can open to full capacity. That was um, abruptly done. It wasn't planned. And yet when you have, you know, when you have a small business, you, you have a restaurant um, or even, you know, a gym, um, when it, when it came to, you know, contact tracing, um, it was, um, easy for, um, this business sector to do. Um, and they have been throughout the course of this pandemic, you know, when we had our reopen, when, when they were able to reopen again, but only for a short period of time, because then the numbers just got too high and we had to go back into lockdown and, um, Again, you know, the restaurants, the gyms, the movie theaters, all these places, non-essential business would all have to close the doors again. Now, so I guess, you know, in, in the last month or so, um, other provinces, you know, across uh, Canada, um, and it started with Quebec first. You know, Quebec, uh, Quebec announcing um, these um, vaccine passports or the QR code system, um, opening up venues um, and, and restaurants and whatever the case may be, um, that you must have proof of vaccine. And, you know, where the Premier of Ontario at that time, you know, he didn't want to go that route. And then uh, British Columbia came along with it, then Manitoba, you know, and I guess, you know, Ontario uh, sits between Manitoba and, and Quebec. So I guess he kind of felt the squeeze, you know, and started to feel the pressure that, okay, you know, um, we'll have to come out with these van, uh, vaccine uh, mandates for uh, indoor public spaces. And then corporations, other businesses, um, taking it upon themselves, implementing uh, a policy uh, within their organizations or businesses um, that all workers um, would have to be fully vaccinated, especially in, in the healthcare. And just recently, General Motors. Um, one of the largest three um, auto manufacturers here in Canada has now just announced that all employees and management um, are to be fully vaccinated in order to work there. I'm sure Chrysler and Ford will probably be announcing that in Toyota 
and, and so on. Um, we'll be making their announcements probably soon. Now, this framework uh, the Premier is talking about here in Ontario um, said that, you know, coming early sometime next week, um, you know, some more announcements um, are going to come out. And I suspect that, you know, because, you know, the restaurant owners, you know, they've been hollering for the last couple of weeks, you know, um, calling it unfair that the large sporting events and concert events and everything can, can have full capacity um, to fully vaccinated individuals. And yet the only way you can dine in a restaurant, dine inside, is that you have to be fully vaccinated. So why is the government, you know, just waiting you know, to, to make this announcement or is it because, you know, they want to, you know, see, you know, if things are going to work out well with full capacities at, at sporting events and so on, you know, um, let's see what kind of results end up out of that. Um, either way, whether you do it now or you do it later, and if we did see any cases um, come out of it, um, is it going to be a really huge number of outbreaks? Very few, maybe none. That's something that we just have to have to wait and see what happens. You know, because you know it's like so you get so you get vaccinated. Um, for the flu. And you know that um, you can still get the flu even though you're vaccinated and it's to help reduce the symptoms. And the same goes for um, this vaccine. Um, it'll help reduce um, symptoms if in fact um, you, did, you do get COVID. Now, the United States, you know, they've been they've been taking a, a lot of cautions, you know, over the uh, land border between Canada and the United States. And, you know, back in August, um, Canada opened the land border to fully vaccinated Americans um, in order to come over the land border um, for non non essential business, you go shopping, go dining, go sightseeing, you know, whatever you want to do. And the United States didn't take that. Um, they didn't open their side of the border at that time, right? So they are now um, are going to do that. Um, starting sometime in November, allowing um, fully vaccinated um, Canadians to cross the land border. You know, I always fly into the United States throughout this whole pandemic. You, you just couldn't go across the land border. Now, starting sometime in November, um, you're going to be um, able to do that if you're fully vaccinated. 
And they also, the other big discussion that they were having was that um, people who got um, uh, mixed um, vaccines and whether the United States um, was going to accept that um, for the land border crossings, um, they announced, um, I guess it was yesterday, saying yes, um, they are going to accept um, the mix um, vaccine doses that people um, have received. So that's really good news for, for the land border um, crossings between um, Canada and the United States. And of course, you know, when you have the, the border cities, you know, um, Port Huron, um, uh, Detroit, um, Niagara Falls, New York, um, Buffalo, um, you know, all these uh, major uh, places where um, Canadians frequently crossed, you know, pr uh, you know, pre-pandemic and certainly it's, you know, uh, you know, the American uh, on the other side of the border there uh, running their businesses, you know, are quite happy um, that now um, starting, I think it's going to be early November anyways, could be like hopefully it's the first week of November. I mean, here we are, you know, the 16th of uh, October and um, I guess it gives, you know, uh, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. border um, authority um, to get things um, in order and get things ready, you know, for um, Canadians who now are going to be able to cross the land borders um, for non-essential for non-essential travel, as in like shopping and dining and sightseeing and so many people, you know, starting, you know, sometimes even right now, um, start traveling down south for the winter months. And now they're going to be able to, starting in November, um, drive across the land border and continue on their journeys um, to go down south. And I think that that's, that's really good news. Um, for, you know, Canadians and Americans alike, especially because if you have family on either side of the border, you know, um, you weren't allowed to just drive across the border and that. So um, it's a lot cheaper than, you know, have to take a flight, you know, to, to see somebody, and especially if they just, you know, live out, out by the airport you know, outside of uh, Detroit and, and that. So, you know, now they're, um, this is really good news, um, you know, for both, for both countries, Canada and, and the United States. Um, now, the other thing that, that is, um, you know, taking uh, place um, this weekend and, um, now some, some rally is going to take place, 
you know, supposed to take place today. Um, you know, around noon, I guess, uh, in, in, uh, in a park, um, downtown, um, it's by these, um, the, the anti-restriction activists, despite advice uh, that the group represents them to temporarily close, um, their shops. Now, Businesses downtown, and, and it's the it's the uh, a really popular um, um, stretch of of businesses that goes on for blocks on end. Um, it's called Richmond Row, um, which is very popular for shops, um, restaurants, um, pretty much anything that um, you like to do is is. Uh, down in that business sector of the downtown area here in London, Ontario. Now, this one uh, particular um, individual, um, you know, the other day he was he was announcing that this was going to take place, and um, he's using um, the London police logo, you know, as, as in, you know, supporting, you know, those officers, um, who are, uh, against, you know, these restrictions and all this crap and stuff like that. When, you know, um, the London police force has no affiliation with this idiot. And he's saying he's raising monies to support and to help, you know, um, these officers financially and stuff like that. These police officers don't need your financial help. And that the, like I said, the London police forces has no affiliation with this idiot. Now, this individual is also known. He goes by Chris Sky. He um, is already um, up on um, different sorts of charges, including um, assault um, as well. So you know that, you know, when it comes, he's, he's one of those activists or protesters that, you know, violence, you know, is an answer to when you protest and you know that violence is not the answer. Violence is not the solution, but in his little pea brain mind, this is what he thinks, right? So businesses alike all up and down that business sector, you know, um, they're going to have their businesses open. And they're not going to back down, you know, from these from these anti-protesters. I mean, you can protest. No one says you can't. You know, but if you break the law, you know, when it when it comes to um, you know just uh, damaging property, you know, um, you can be charged. 
you know, breaking the laws, walking into businesses, and it doesn't matter what kind of indoor business that it is, that you must be wearing a mask. Plain and simple. One of the simplest things that we have been doing throughout this entire pandemic is wearing a mask. No big deal. But it's a big deal to these sorts of, uh, of uh, um, individuals. And um, I'm almost pretty sure, and I'm pretty certain that a uh, an individual from Elmer, uh, not very far from the city, he's a pastor and he's an activist, an anti-activist uh, about these um, uh, protocols put in place, health protocols put in place by the government, stuff like that. And you would think a pastor, you know, would have better common sense, but, you know, he doesn't. And um, unfortunately, it runs in the family and his son doesn't have the common sense because his son is up on charges for an, for an assaulting an 80-year-old man. The son of the pastor is up on charges for assaulting an 80-year-old man. So that sort of thing runs um, throughout uh, their family. And he's a pastor and uh, he's absolutely ridiculous. So now, you know, restaurants and uh, one uh, particular one that I, I frequent, you know, one of my favorite places to, to uh, go down and uh, have a, cold beverage and good food and friends and, and catch a game, you know, um, they're bringing in, uh, today they're going to be bringing in more security staff, um, as well. Um, there's also other places all in around the downtown area and around the, uh, the Budweiser gardens also, um, you know, are, are going to, um, have an, more security at their businesses because they're not going to close their doors and run away from these anti-vaxxers or these anti-ralliers or whatever the hell you want to be. You know, I mean, if you want to put on your little costumes and stuff like that and go running around, I mean, Halloween is at the end of the month. Right. Um, if you think you're going to be entering establishments you got another thing coming if you think you're going to walk into the restaurants that are downtown um without showing proof of vaccine and without wearing your mask you're going to have a problem as simple as that And of course, there's going to be a much larger um, police presence um, in the downtown core here in the city. And of course, there's going to be more um, health officials in and around the downtown core um, who these individuals are able to um, 
lay any charges or, or fines um, against um, these anti-vaxxers or whatever the case is, you know, the, you know, because, you know, when I, when I mentioned anti-vaxxers, I mean, there's, pe- there's, there, there's people out there who are vaccine hesitant. Okay. And then anti-vaxxers, there's, that's two different things. Vaccine hesitant is that you're not sure about it. That you're not, you're not anti, you're just not sure about it. But then it comes to the anti-vaxxers personal preference. That's entirely different. Now I've talked about this you know, um, on my shows before, and um, I don't mind talking about it, and you know, to to keep getting the message out there on how important it is, and how important it is not just for for your city and your communities, and how important it is that your hospitals are able to function normally without being overloaded. And putting a real strain on your healthcare systems. Here in Ontario, we are already taking patients from other provinces because they are in a healthcare crisis. Because of their decisions on what protocols or or what restrictions they're going to lift like Alberta for instance back at July 1st they lifted all the restrictions and now they're in a serious crisis in Saskatchewan not too far behind but then here in Ontario the largest province in the country And the most vaccinated in all of the country here in Ontario. Still, here we are, you know, lifting, you know, these restrictions when it comes to full capacity for sporting events and movie theaters and concerts. And, you know, when it, like I say, when it comes to the restaurants, and it comes to the gyms, you know, you're not in there for a long period of time. You know, when you go dining out with somebody, you're not there in that restaurant taking that table up for three hours or three and a half hours. You're in there approximately an hour. And people coming in and out consistently. You know, not like a, a hockey game. You got 20,000 people in the building. And, and your seats are right butted up against one another. No, there's no social distancing. There's no space between you. Yes, masks are mandated. Yes, you have to wear your mask unless you're eating or drinking. Same with a restaurant. You can be at your table with your mask off. But if you get up from the table, you have to put your mask on. Now, 
so these these restaurants and, and businesses um, downtown, um, you know, they are not, like I said, they are not going to back down um, from these um, individuals. Um, now, this guy, this to see, this this uh, Chris Sky, he has been charged. Now, you know, this is what I'm talking about. You know, protesting. You know, you either do it right or don't do it at all. Right? There's such a thing called a peaceful protest. You know, that, you know, that is not made up. So this individual goes by the name Chris Guy has been charged with uttering death threats against the premier and assaulting police with a weapon. This is the type of protester that he is. Also charges also followed um, a rally this idiot spoke at in, in, in Toronto uh, back in September after he, after he told protesters um, to do something, a large crowd of protesters without masks um, tried to storm the Eaton Center, a big shopping center in the heart of the downtown Toronto. And the security was also assaulted and two people were charged with assault. I mean, this is what he does. Right? He doesn't even know the meaning of a protest. He doesn't have a flipping clue. And like so many other people out there who think you just go to protest to cause shit when that's not what a protest is about. You can have your protests, you can have your marches. But when it comes to violence and assaulting and and basically blatantly disregarding property, you're going to have a real problem on your hands. Now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, kind of a really outspoken individual and I look at it this way. I don't care if people like the rules or not. I really don't. You don't like it too bad. When I hear people out there, oh my God, you know, you know, this is against, this is just totally against my human rights and my civil liberties. You can take that and you can shove it where the sun doesn't shine. Because I have been out here on this show and I have uh, brought up uh, uh, legit documentation when it comes to the Ontario Human Rights Code and what it says in there. Because, you know, these people don't take the time to even do that. They just right off the top of their head assume that these things are, are, are against their, their civil liberties. 
when it comes to mandating vaccines in workplaces, when it comes to uh, being fully vaccinated to go into a restaurant or, or a sporting event or whatever the case may be, or the mask wearing, whatever it is. And when it comes to the law, you don't have a leg to stand on. So you can go out there and have your you have your protest and you can go out there and you can do it peacefully or don't go out there. Because right now there is nothing that you can say and do that is going to change the minds of the healthcare professionals out there who are implementing these rules. It doesn't take the government to do that. Our health unit here health codes didn't need the government to do that these top health care officials have the authority to do that it doesn't take the government to do anything the government is going to listen to the healthcare professionals and the government they're going to all sit down together and they're going to come up with these rules and these rules are not against anybody's sli- uh, uh, liberties or civil your civil liberties or your human rights. See, people don't take the time to even look at their own constitution. They don't even take the time to look at their 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 own um, uh, when when it comes to um, their human rights commission. They don't even take the time, you know, to uh, read up on emergency, uh, on the Emergency Order Act. Or the Fed, like the, for the provincial one, or the Federal Emergency Order Order Act. They don't even take the time to even look that stuff up and see what it says. I don't come out here spewing BS to you, I don't come out here and, and tell you any, you know, you know, uh, misinformation. I don't give you any of that because I take the time before I even schedule a show to come out here and talk to you, and I look up to see what the Ontario Human Rights Commission says when it comes to these mandated vaccine policies that these companies are putting in place, not the government. General Ford or, or General Motors, GM, here in Canada, you know, probably the the largest of the of the three big uh, of the three big three automakers. 
is now implementing vaccine policies in that corporation. If you want to work there, you're going to get vaccinated. If you don't like it, go work someplace else. And this is going across the board, ladies and gentlemen. This is going through, this is going to go through every sector. Companies are going to mandate it and put it in their policies that you'd be fully vaccinated. And it has nothing to do with the government. So this, this, so this anti-march that supposedly is going to be taking place today here in the city of London what are you what are you marching about it's not the government it's businesses as well who's implementing these policies so what are you marching about i have no idea i really don't But don't come to my city and be destructive and cause shit in my city because you don't live here. You want to cause shit and be destructive? You do it in your own city. If you don't like the rules, too bad. Not my problem and don't make it my problem. When people talk about, you know, about these vaccines and no one's twisting your arm. No one's making you do anything. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's entirely up to you. No one's making you do anything. When it comes to company policy, you have to follow the policies of the companies that you make, that, 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 they, they, that they make. You do it every day when you go to work. If the company implements that policy, so be it. You have a choice. Is what you have. Now... You know, throughout this this time, you know, schools being back open again, you know, um, since September and that we have had throughout this province school closures because of outbreaks. There's well over a thousand cases throughout the school boards. And schools shut down because of the outbreaks. Now, when it comes to um, the health and safety, you know, the Children's Health Health and Safety Coalition, you know, is urging 
the Ontario government to keep on with this cautious approach of reopening. I think right now where we are, I think it's fair to say that we should pause where we are. And let this ride out for a little while. We've done stage three since uh, the uh, uh, beginning of, of, of the summertime. This is now fall time. So as we start opening up more capacity and stuff like that, well, why don't we just pause it where it's at? And let that go, you know, throughout the fall time and see how things take hold. You know, and, and the Children's Health Coalition, you know, they're asking for the, for this government to take this, you know, uh, this cautious approach. You know, we know how important it is for school-aged children to be learning in class. For their physical health and their mental health. And even when it comes to high school kids, you know, that social is so important. That social is so important to all of us. So they're asking the government to take, you know, a, a more cautious approach to this um, reopening. The vaccine QR codes are now available to all people who are vaccinated. Or you can still use your PDF um, download if you already have gotten it. You can still use that. You don't have to have the QR code. It just makes it a lot faster, you know, to process, you know, especially for big venues like the sporting events, the hockey games. You know, an easy scan and away you go. Instead of pulling up pulling up your file and, and, and expanding it on your screen and showing it, you know, for uh, the process of getting people into big venues, you know, the QR code would, would be, you know, a great tool. But for someone who is just going into a restaurant to dine in a restaurant, you can still use your, your vaccine certificate that you've downloaded on your phone. You know, it's not like, you know, hundreds of people are going to be lining up down the street to get into your restaurant. It's not like a concert or a sporting event where you have 20,000 plus people to get into that venue. So you can use whatever whatever forms you have. You don't need the QR forms. But, you know, yes, we have been doing relatively well here in Ontario, but we've seen what happens when we open up too fast. And we have been there ourselves in this province. We have seen what takes place. We end up going backwards. We 
end up going to shutting down stay-at-home orders, close all non-essential businesses. We're just seeing over like just, you know, 485 cases today. We have been there before. And then when we when we loosen these restrictions, all we see is the numbers skyrocket. You know, Alberta, out in the western provinces, they too experience these low numbers before the summertime as they're coming into spring and coming into the summertime. Oh, our numbers are under 500. We're doing really well. Oh, let's lift all the restrictions. And now they're in a crisis. And this is why the Children's Coalition, you know, is asking the government to take a little, a little more cautious approach to the reopening. It's important, too, that throughout the public school system, high school system, university, college, whatever the case may be, that all staff, all students who can be at this point in time to be vaccinated. And especially in the healthcare system. Whether they work in retirement homes, nursing homes, whether you work in clinics or hospitals. And all these big corporations, you know, giving timelines in order for staff and faculty to be vaccinated. So we can keep our schools open. Now, you know, it, <laughs> you know, this individual here, man, is like that, you know, whatever, you know, um, Catholics don't, you know, not going to take that, that fetal, what, that, whatever, you know, Catholic, Protestant, Christian, I don't care who you are. I really don't. I honestly don't. Like I said, if you don't want, if you don't want it, don't get it. Who cares? If you want to put your family and yourself in jeopardy, that's your business. Go right ahead. I don't care. If you don't want to get the shot, that's your business. But I'm telling you right now, here in Canada, and especially here in Ontario, these vaccine mandates are already here or coming to a business near you. And when, like I said, you know, when it comes to um, the um, Now, I'm going I'm to read this 
for you, ladies and gentlemen, because um, which one is it that I wanted here? I had it up here. Um, is this one here? Oh, this might be the same one. I don't think I would have it. Oh, no, here it is. Okay, here we go. So, this is Ontario, Canada. This doesn't reflect any other provinces because they have uh, their, their, their human rights uh, commission in, in their province. So, when it comes to these mandates and, and these companies and corporations um, implementing uh, these policies that all staff and faculty would ever... Um, must be fully vaccinated um, in order to keep their employment. Now, first and foremost, under personal preference, so this individual on here saying, um, no way, man, you know, Catholics not going to take that that fetal use shot or fatal use shot, whatever you want to call it. When it comes to personal preferences here, uh, you know, under the Ontario Human Rights Commission. Now, the, the human rights recognize the importance of balancing people's um, right to non-discrimination and civil liberties with public health and safety, including the need to address evidence-based risk associated with COVID-19. Now, receiving the COVID-19 vaccine is voluntary. Always has been. And at the same time, the Ontario Human Rights Commission position is that a person who chooses not to be vaccinated based on personal preferences does not have the right to accommodation under the code. The Human Rights Commission is not aware of any tribunal or court decision that found a singular belief against vaccinations or masks amounted to a creed within the meaning of the code. Personal preferences or singular beliefs not protected. So these anti anti marches going on there these anti-vaxxers because i said earlier on my show you know there's people who are out there who are vaccine hesitant people who are out there are vaccine they don't want to take it because it's a singular belief there's two different things here the anti-vaxxer who blatantly doesn't want to take it, and then the hesitant, then the people who are hesitant. There's two different things, entirely two different things. So when it comes to these things, when it comes to the personal preference and singular beliefs are not protected, but of course there are. Um, when it comes to barriers in accessing the COVID vaccines or testing. And of course, you know, there, it comes to um, the duty to accommodate for medical reasons. 
with your business or corporation, if you do have a, a legitimate medical reason why you can't be vaccinated, then the company or corporation has to still accommodate you. Now, even when it comes to the COVID testing as an alternative to the vaccine requirements, you know, the many organizations are not included in the list of settings. Organizations with a proven need for COVID-related health and safety requirements might also put COVID testing in place as an, as an alternative to mandatory vaccines. So you'll have to take a COVID test twice a week, three times a week. And if you don't want to do that, well, I don't know what to tell you. You, you. you have alternatives. Plain and simple. You know, like I said earlier, people don't people don't take the time to look at things. You know, they just go on on, on these on these uh, websites with all the this information out there. You know the Donald Trump website, you know, you get all the information, all the misinformation out there, all you want on that one. When it comes to this vaccine or whatever, the health and public health uh, safety protocols and everything else like that, all the misinformation, all the BS, you know, get yourselves on, on, on uh, legitimate sites, fact check things that if you're not sure about it, And if you're one of those people who are hesitant about the vaccine, talk to a healthcare professional. If you're an anti-vaxxer because of personal preferences, too bad for you. Get with the program. Do your homework. I don't come out here and just start spewing BS. You know, I look at what I'm what I'm going to talk about. I know the source where it's coming from. And if I want to talk to you about when it comes to the to the to your civil liberties, I'm going to go on the government website and I'm going to look at the constitution. And I'm going to look at the Emergency Order Act at the provincial level, and I'm going to look at it at the federal level. And then I'm going to tell you what it says. Just like looking at the Ontario Human Rights Commission policy. I just told you what it says. It's up to you ladies and gentlemen, on what you want to do. But when it comes to mandating these rules and mandating them into a policy, into the business, and whether or not they, they you know, the companies say, okay, you know what, you know, we're going to um, get rid of the, um, the um, 
the policy for testing and you're simply just going to have to be vaccinated in order to work here because you know we just don't have you know have the time you got to take the time off to go get the test done and all this stuff we don't have time for that and if you're one of those like i said if you're one of the uh, uh, if one of the people out there who are hesitant not an anti-vaxxer you're just hesitant talk to a healthcare professional policies are going to change policies come and go they 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 add you know section b c d e and f into their policies You know, further on down the road, we may not even need this policy that you have to be vaccinated to work in, in certain sectors. But in the meantime, they're implementing these rules for everybody's health and safety. They're taking the responsibility to protect. their communities. Now, if you don't want to take any responsibility or or you have no responsibilities, think about which one you are. You're either hesitant about the vaccines or you're just straight up an anti-vaxxer. Like this Chris Sky guy, who supposedly they're supposed to be holding a big rally here in the in the city of London over these mandated rules because they are anti-vaxxers. They're not. They're not the hesitant individuals. They're the ones who don't want to follow the rules. They're the ones that continue to break the law. They're not protesters. That's not a protest. That's just ignorance. Is what that is. A waste of taxpayers' money because, you know, we as taxpayers, you know, have to pay for more security. We have to pay for more police. You know, to make sure that they're keeping your sorry ass in line. Because you don't know how to behave yourself when you protest. Like this Chris Sky idiot. Who's already up on several charges. And maybe he'll add more charges to his charges today because that's how much of an idiot he really is. Absolutely brain dead. So we'll see what happens today, even with the the merchants downtown in that core area in the restaurants and, and stuff like that. They're not backing down from these morons. Business as usual, but don't you dare 
come into my restaurant or my store without a mask on. Because you won't be dining in that restaurant. And you could be potentially facing the penalties starting at $780 per person for violating the rules. That's what you want. Go ahead. It's a provincial offense. And yeah, you'll have to pay that $780. Actually, that's the start of it. Actually, you know, um, when they add the uh, um, tax and everything on that, it's about $880, almost $890 fine for civil disobedience. So if you think it's worth it, you know, then you're an idiot. So we'll see what happens after, after today and that with the, you know, like I say, anti-vaxxers, not people who are hesitant. These are anti-vaxxers. Okay. Law breaking citizens is who they are. So thank you for taking the time to come out here on the truckers podcast. I appreciate you coming out here. Appreciate all my listeners around the world joining me here on the truckers podcast. I will be back out uh, tomorrow morning around 9 a.m. And hopefully, 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 like this morning, you know, having a little technical difficulties, but hopefully, you know, this went off without a hitch in tomorrow's too. Um, and hopefully that problem is resolved. So once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming out here and joining me. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Munn in Ontario, Canada. Take care. 